Hello, welcome back to Becoming the Podcast. This is episode two, and we're calling this episode The Search. The Bible is full of promises for those who seek Him. Hebrews 11 and 6 says that He is a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. Matthew 6 33 tells us that if we seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, all these things, which were outlined in the first verse, will be added to you. Proverbs 8.17 says, I love them that love me, and those that seek me early shall find me. And there's so much more. This is our prayer as Christians. We want to know him more. But being thrown into a whirlwind of earthly living and clouded by our fleshly needs and wants, seeking God can seem a daunting task. He may seem so far away, and we may feel so heavy that reaching seems painful and tiresome. The search isn't always easy, but it is necessary. The challenge is living in the flesh. Our spirit desires to push forward. So what in your life is holding you back? Welcome to Becoming the Podcast. We are all on a journey and my prayer is that we can have authentic conversations that support you on your own. I hope you're excited as we dive into the next lesson of becoming. Hey friends, so I'm going to be starting a new segment on the show called prayer, I guess, I don't know. It's going to go right before the main portion of the podcast and it's just going to be where we can share our prayer requests and have a little bit of a prayer time before the beginning of the episode. I'm going to be posting on our Instagram at becoming.thepodcast and we're going to have a little section where you can comment your prayers, you can DM them, you can put them on the question form, Um, but we'll be checking those every episode and I'll bring them up in this little portion. And so and we'll just pray for them and all of them will remain anonymous i won't say anyone's names unless you specifically say that you want your name to be shared shared um and so yeah today i don't have any prayer requests so we're just going to do a little prayer before we get going thank you god for bringing us to this position in our day thank you jesus for giving me this opportunity to just share what i have on my heart Thank you for the listeners who are listening, touch their lives and open their minds to your understanding and their hearts to your word, whatever it is that you want them to know today. Continue to guide them and help us and anyone who's facing anything, touch their hearts. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. The search is our innate spiritual desire to know something greater than ourselves. Every culture has had this. Any religion, scientific theory about the world in general, philosophy, that's all this proof of this something inside of us wanting to know what's out there, what's greater than us. And that is the God-shaped hole in our heart, as I've heard before, that's inside of us. But when we come to find our creator... The search is a little bit different. It becomes the spiritual desire to know him and to be closer to him. Sometimes we can't see him because we are clouded by the things of this world. And sometimes we can't reach for him because we're weighed down. Hebrews 12 and 1 and a little bit of 2 says this. Wherefore seeing we also compass a 
about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which does so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus. To run this race of life, with the finish line being heaven, of course, we must be looking to Jesus. This is the search. When we feel so confused, look to Jesus. When we're running and we're trying to run it with patience, look to Jesus. The verse goes on to say that he is the author and finisher of our faith. Verse 3 says, For consider him that endured such contradiction of sinners against himself, lest ye be wearied and faint in your minds. When our minds become wearied and we feel faint, as it were, when we feel like simply living has become too much for us, look to Jesus. But what happens when you can't see him? You may be seeking him, but something seems to be stopping you. You're not sure what it is, but every time you go to pray, every time you try to set aside time for him, something seems to be so heavy in your spirit. You go to church and you can barely lift your hands without feeling guilt. You listen to the preacher and you feel something and you're so confused about why. And it just doesn't make sense. There are two things that we must lay aside, sins and weights. This is something that's been preached for like since the beginning of time, basically. So I'm not saying anything new, but it's just something that I've been feeling on my heart. So sins are easy to identify, sometimes not so easy to get rid of. 1 John 1 and 9 tells us to confess our sins and he is faithful and just to forgive us. Some sins we continue to pick up after forgiveness. Some we never repent or ask for forgiveness. We feel ashamed even before God. We feel like it's too big. Your sin is never too big for God to forgive. Your sincerity is the only thing that he needs to give you forgiveness. You don't need to be perfect and then ask for forgiveness and then repent. There's this concept in our flesh that makes us think that we need to have everything right before God is willing to accept us. But that is the beautiful thing about God. He's not searching for perfect, self-righteous people. He said he's coming to look for those who need repentance, who need forgiveness. So if you stop doing all your habits and you wait for all your sins to be behind you and you wait for your doubt to be completely gone and you wait and you wait and you wait before you come to God you're never going to be perfect enough to come to God and that's okay the Bible says that his strength is made perfect in weakness the only way for us to become perfect is to be weak is to admit our weaknesses admit our flaws and surrender to the God who makes it perfect, to the God whose strength can uplift us. And it's so wonderful to know that our creator desires us even when we aren't perfect. So those are sins. But then there comes weights. These are so much harder to identify. These weights are probably not sin. There might not even be our choice sometimes, but they are stopping us from pursuing him. Whatever it is. For some of us, it is our choice. Time. We feel like there just isn't enough time. 
to meet with God, to seek God. And I am the most guilty of this. So this is for me right now. If you're not worried about this, just listen and allow me to preach to myself. But you see, I have school. I have homework, classes, functions that I have to go to, symposiums. I have work early in the morning to late in the day. And they're serving. We want to go to outreach, want to be in the choir, want to do all the things. And then it's like, when do I have time? Because I've filled up all the time. The important thing is to prioritize. I remember in school sometimes, I would become so stressed and focused on an assignment. And I felt like I could never accomplish anything. It was so overwhelming. And it felt like I was having so much to do, but never finishing it. And it was like I had to go do this thing. And I ran off and did this thing. But then the other thing wasn't finished. And it was so overwhelming. And sometimes I had a little bit of a breakdown because I couldn't finish things in time. But then sometimes I would take a break from what I was doing and I would go pray or I would read my Bible. I would study something that I was thinking about. I would sing. I would write a song. I would do something to communicate and to meet with God. And in those moments, I suddenly felt something lifting off of me. You know, I felt better. I felt more motivated to even do my homework I felt at peace you know and it's so crazy how I could have the same amount of homework spend an hour get one question done decide to take a break pray do something 15 30 minutes maybe an hour just communicating with God then I would come back and in an hour I would finish the whole project I would finish whatever it was because I felt so much better. I felt like I could run with patience. I felt like after I looked to God, something changed. And so sometimes when you sacrifice these things, whatever it is, whatever the weight is, if it's time, if it's something else, God's going to bless you. He's going to fill in those gaps. He's going to make the day seem longer suddenly. And you have time and energy to worship him and communicate with him. That's time. So another one that I feel very strongly about is anxiety. Anxiety is one of those obstacles that is not so direct. You can't just sacrifice something and take some time and suddenly you feel better. It's not like you can just stop being anxious sometimes. If you've never felt anxiety, I, I can't really explain it because it is so confusing and it's heavy. It creates this illusion of heaviness and distracts us from the grace and love of Christ with worry. We can feel so overwhelmed by these emotions of fear that we feel we cannot connect with God. And it's it's hard to explain to someone who's never experienced it, but if you have experienced it, you know what I'm talking about. We worry and we're scared and I used to have panic attacks. I don't know. And it just felt like I can't connect with God right now. I feel guilty sometimes. I feel this. I feel that. I feel so disconnected. I feel just overwhelmed. I don't even want to get out of bed. I'm so scared. But the Bible actually talks about this. It says, cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. First Peter 5 and 7. And that is a beautiful verse. And if we were perfect human beings. If we would read that verse, say, that's it. 
God, here's my anxiety. I feel better. But unfortunately, we're flesh. Unfortunately, we are not perfect. And so when we cast our anxiety on him, sometimes there's something that doesn't give everything away. And I have to admit, this has happened to me. Because there's something in us, whether it's the comfortableness of having anxiety, whether it's the victim mentality of having anxiety, whether it's just... I don't want to admit that I have anxiety. I don't want to admit that I have a problem. I'm trying so hard to handle it on my own. But he cares for you. He wants to lift that burden off of you. So the first thing, before you try to do any practical things, before you try to figure things out on your own, the first thing is say, God, I'm putting this in your hands because I can't do it on my own. It comes back to that verse that his strength is made perfect in our weakness. And we have to admit to him, God, I'm dealing with this issue, whatever it is, whether it's anxiety or something else, I don't know. But whatever the issue is, you have to say, God, I want to give it to you. And that's the first step out of anything is to just say, God, I give this to you. I give you my time. I give you this anxiety. I give you this illness. I give you this doubt. I give you the stress, whatever the thing is that is stopping you you must give it to him and then allow him to do the work allow him to carry you through looking to jesus the author and the finisher of our faith and now we move on to philippians 4 6 through 9 this is a beautiful beautiful breakdown Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. That's casting your anxiety on him. That's being weak. That's being careful. Be careful for nothing is another way of saying don't be worried about anything. And so he's saying don't worry about it, but start praying about it. So again, we come back to that first step, but he doesn't stop there. He says, and the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. So first you pray about it. And then his peace, which you don't really comprehend and you don't understand, is going to keep your heart and your mind. He's going to guide your steps. He's going to guide your thoughts. He's going to help you. He's not just going to say, pray about it and I'll see what I'm going to do. He's going to work with you. He's going to talk to you he's gonna whisper to you he's gonna do things that pass your understanding they're not logical you don't get it but you feel that peace in situations when you never would have but he doesn't stop there it continues to go finally brethren whatsoever things are true Whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue and if there be any praise, think on these things. Okay, he gives us some practical advice. So finally, after you've prayed about it, after you've felt the peace of God who's guiding you and then suddenly you get hit with a thought of doubt or you get hit with a thought of anxiety of fear of depression whatever it is he's giving us some practical advice some questions to ask yourself when you get this thought because sometimes i don't know about you anxiety is confusing and i sometimes have no idea what's going on for an example especially when i was younger it was way worse anytime someone would want to be my friend 
uh, I would be like, they're joking. And I know it sounds stupid to some people. I would think that they're faking the friendship, you know? Very classic anxiety. But here's what you do in a situation like this. Philippians gives us, gives us a perfect template for when a thought like this comes to us. Whatsoever things are true, is this a true thing? Is it honest? Is the person saying these things to me, are they coming from a good place? Or is it just in my mind making things up? Things that are just, things that are right. Is this a right thing? Maybe sin is your weight and you need to ask yourself, is this right? Is this just? Is this appropriate for the time? It Even with anxiety, does this fit any situation? Is this logical? So it is asking. Whatsoever things are pure. If it's not a pure thought, you must cast it out. Things that are lovely, things that just make you feel positive, you know, things that are beautiful from God, things that are of good report, things that lift you up. You can use this uh, with friends, with um, things that you watch, things that you look at, things that you listen to. It's such a beautiful thing to just go down this list of true, honest, just, pure, lovely, good report, virtue, praise. If these things aren't in your life, you need to get rid of them because that is going to cause difficulty because the verse continues to say those things which you have both learned and received and heard and seen in me do them and the god of peace shall be with you so if you're doing these things and you've prayed about it and anytime something comes up you go down the checklist to make sure that it's true and just and such and such and such God's peace will continue to carry you through it. You're not going to be able to do it alone. And I really hope that this makes sense to you guys because I've been thinking about this so much and I don't really know if it's sounding like it makes sense to other people, but it's making sense to me because this verse, Philippians 4, this specific one is verse 8. It just tells us that God loves us and he wants to help us, but we have to make some decisions on our own. And it's not positive thinking. Because as you can see, it's saying the peace is going to carry us. It's going to keep our minds. And his peace is going to be with us. And we've prayed about it. So it's not just positive thinking, but it's after you've prayed about it and after you've admitted that you can't deal with it on your own, God's going to keep you and he's going to encourage you and he's going to remind you, is this true? Is this just? Is this a good report? Is this, does this have praise? Does this have virtue? Is this something that is lovely? And if it's not, if it's a, an anxious thought that is not true, you can look at it and say, you know what, that's not true. I know that it's not true. And you can move it away. And I'm not telling you that your life's going to be perfect and positive thinking is going to change everything. But it will help you to reassess in your mind, to reconvene, to make yourself readjust, I guess. And finally, I want to mention um, a verse that I love. John fourteen twenty seven says, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you, not as the world giveth, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. When anxiety gets down on you, remind yourself that his peace passes all understanding. And it goes through our anxious thoughts and our process, and it keeps our minds and reminds us to think on those things which he has said is true. If you feel unloved, he loves you. So that's not true. If you feel worthless, he died for you. So that's not true. 
If you feel too broken to be repaired, he is the God who makes blind eyes see and is close to the brokenhearted. So that is not true. So I don't know what kind of fear, what kind of emotion or weight you're dealing with today, but remind yourself that his truth and his peace overcomes all. And those are the weights. Finally, I want to talk about the storm. So one of my favorite stories to talk about is Peter when he walks on the water. So let's break it down if you've never heard it before. So they were all hanging out, Jesus and his disciples. They were, believe they were preaching. And Jesus sends the multitude away and tells his disciples to get on a ship and go to the other side of the sea, the little peninsula thingy. And he's going to meet them later. So Jesus is going to spend some time alone. His disciples go out to sea. And suddenly a storm comes. And they're freaking out. They're trying. The waves are tossing their boats. Everything is happening at once. And then they see someone walking towards them on the water. Imagine being in a storm. A storm. And trying to walk. Figure things out. And then all of a sudden you see some like stranger walking. And you're like, what's happening? So you're on a storm. The boat's crashing. You're trying to figure stuff out, trying to plug the holes, whatever happens on a ship. I don't really know. And then all of a sudden, something comes walking. So they thought it was a ghost. And then Jesus says, guys, it's me. Don't be afraid. And Peter, with full of faith, jumps up. And he says, God, if that, Jesus, if that's you, I want to walk on the water. Make me, let me come out to you. And Jesus says, come on. And so he starts walking on the water to go to Jesus. That's what the verse says. He starts literally walking on the water. He's on the water walking. He's going to Jesus. He's, I don't know how far away he was, but he probably wasn't right next to the ship. So he's walking to Jesus and he's like, wow, I'm walking on the water. And then in Matthew 14, verse 30, this is what it says. But when he saw the wind boisterous, he was afraid and beginning to sink. He cried saying, Lord, save me. Sometimes the storms of life become overwhelming. And when we are looking at the clouds and the thunder and the lightning, we become overwhelmed and we begin to sink. We become afraid of the storm when we forget that we were just walking to the calmer and the creator of the universe. He's the calmer of the storms. He created the clouds so he knows how to make them stop. So sometimes the storm gets super overwhelming and we feel so guilty for focusing on our storm. But when Peter was sinking, didn't Jesus didn't just look at him and say, well, you should have kept walking because now you're sinking sorry buddy and leave him he he picked him up and he said why did you tell me why did you tell me i've been here all along i've been here keeping you so whatever storm you're facing it may not be your choice it may not be just you who's dealing with the storm but focus on the savior 
again, it comes back to looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. When we're walking to Jesus, we have to keep looking at him. And if you stumble and if you look back at the storm, just call out to Jesus. Say, God, save me from the storm. I feel like I'm drowning. I need your help. And he'll come back. Reach down. Pick you up. And he'll say, why did you doubt me? So if you right now are going through a storm and you're trying so hard to keep looking at him, but you hear the thunder and you feel the wind on your skin and the raindrops are oh, you're soaked in the water because it's a storm. When that happens, just remind yourself. Just keep walking to him. He controls everything. He can keep you and guide you and calm the storms. Just keep looking at him and remind yourself that he is the author and the finisher of our faith. So when you become weary, remind yourself. When you feel yourself sinking, remind yourself. Think on these things. Everything that I said today is not new. And it kind of all intertwines together to mean the same thing. But I've been really feeling this on my heart when I was trying to figure out what to speak about for the second episode. I didn't want to do an interview yet. Uh, different things are going to be coming, but that is what I've felt to talk about. The search. Seeking God in the storm. Seeking God despite the weight, despite the sins, despite the flesh. The search. To find him in everything. Thank you for listening to Becoming the Podcast. Make sure you're following us on Instagram at becoming.thepodcast. Make sure you're sharing with your friends and put this on your favorites list on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Thank you so much for listening.